Welcome to the podcast editor's mastermind with the good, the bad, and the yetis. I'm Carrie Caulfield, Eric, and I'm here with Brian Insminger, Daniel Abendroth, and Jennifer Longworth. So do you want to just maybe tell us, tell everybody where we are and what we're doing and we'll get started? No, to be fair, this is all Brian's idea. So I feel like he- right. he's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brian, where are we and what so, are we doing? Yeah, so we're sitting at PodFest. Three of us are sitting on the floor and one of us is sitting on a bench. We're all hiding out from the rest of the people to record this. <laughs> and we don't really know what we're going to talk about yet, do we? Or do we? Yeah, actually, you had we some do, ideas. Yeah, I have so, a question. Go ahead. So we participated in the Podcast Editors Conference, the first ever Podcast Editors Conference yesterday. And the final session was about disfluencies and ethics. And it raised a question in my mind about curse words. And when do you take out expletives and when do you not if your show is not marked explicit? Is there a line to or not to cross when editing expletives. So, sorry. <laughs> Should we also let them know that my wife is yeah. also here? Yeah, hey, Michelle. Michelle Abendroth, our producer. <laughs> yes, so quick just note for you guys as you're recording, because your audience doesn't know who you are, but you know who you are, just say, hey, this is Jennifer when you hop in, and your audience can get to know your voice and get, can get to know you. Good call. Hi, this is Jennifer. <laughs> so this is Daniel. And for me, I'd have to say that anything that is said in the episode, I have permission to leave in unless it's something that I have explicitly discussed with the client. So stumbles, ums, ahs, that I have permission to take out. But when it comes to swearing, if they haven't like told me they want it taken out, I'll leave that in because they know what happened. And if they don't say anything, then I'm assuming they want it in there. Now, if it comes to a question like, since marketing explicit, you know, even an episode is going to get the show banned in certain countries, I would just bring that up to the client, be like, hey, this was said, here are the consequences of that. Do you want me to leave it in or do you mean to bleep it, silence it? Like, what do you want me to do? I cut it if I can. This is Carrie. I cut it if I can, especially if I know the client's show and they don't normally have swear words in their show. So I'll just try to cut it out. If not, I'll like maybe bleep it or quiet that part or, you know, chop some of it up. But if I really wasn't sure, I would just ask, like, because that's, you know, what does a client want? Do they want cussing? They don't always want cussing. They don't always expect their guests to cuss. And then after they've handed you off the file, they've gone and forgotten about the cussing that's yeah. there. And I don't want them to be surprised. I don't think some of my clients realize that if they cuss, in certain words that their show needs to be explicit and right. that one show makes all shows explicit. I don't, I probably need to just yeah, have this conversation because one of the shows, the most recent that this came up on was very young show. She's only like five episodes in and the person says, well, can I cuss? And they say, sure. And I'm like, no, <laughs> this is not a cussing type show. This is a civic engagement discussion about how to make the world better show. Not like the show I'll be doing soon. I know it's going to be all full of all crazy stuff because they've already warned me. So every, all of their everything's going to stay in. But for these other shows, the guest usually asks, "Can I cuss?" And then and the host almost always says, says yes, yes, regardless of whether or not their show right. has cussing or not. Yeah. They're being nice to the guests yeah. and making them feel comfortable. I always try to like cut that part out and then let the 
the guests when the guest like makes their point, then it's that's where I start. Like, yeah, if I if I can take it out, yeah. it's like, well, bleep bleep bleep. Sometimes it's just what sentence enhancers. I think yeah. they call it in SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I will like put a little sound effect underneath, yeah. like just. You know, it's a fun way to like bleep it out so that that sentiment is mm -hmm. there, but it's not the actual word. Yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes the hosts like it, and there's some hosts that just don't listen to their shows, so they don't even know. Like they don't listen to their shows after we edit it. Right. So. Yeah. So this actually came up for me recently on a fairly young show. It's about I don't know twelve or thirteen episodes in, and it's typically a monologue. It's all business based stuff, and it's actually a show that I white label for. So I my client is actually a production company. And their customer is this particular host. And so I reached out to them and said, hey, you know, this is in there. I noticed that the show is marked clean. How would you like me to handle it? And then what I did is I went through and I did all the editing as though we were going to add beeps to it. And I said, okay, here's the final produced file. I don't do anything post audio editing. I don't do any of the uploads. I don't do any meta tagging. So then I said, here's the final produced audio. We did it like we discussed where I, I beeped it out. If they would like it done differently... I need to know, but based on the way that the language was used in this particular episode, I'm not going to be able to cut it cleanly because it was always merged in with other stuff. So if you think of like your typical and um so, if you can cut an and um so with space after it, that's great. But if you've got and um so I was thinking, well, then you can't, that one's a lot harder to cut cleanly. And a lot of this was that kind of thing. So that's how I did handle it. And the feedback I got so far is, well, that's how we're going to do it because he wants his show to stay clean. But he also wants his guests to be able to speak freely. So we'll find out if that changes once he decides he wants to do it differently. Yeah, I don't know. Go right. ahead. Right. I think that's that. That really is it. Is like they do want their the hosts do want their podcast to be clean, mm -hmm. but they also want their guests to feel comfortable and speak freely. Yeah. But they don't consider what happens in posts. So you know. And they're thinking, well, she can take care of it. Right. And maybe right. they trust me to take care of it, even though I don't realize. Right. But that needs to be explicit. Right. And yeah. that's something that's missing from my agreement that I need yeah. to get. Yeah. And that, that probably should be a discussion in the onboarding process with the client. Like, mm. because these situations are so common, it happens like every other week or every week that it really, I think it's something we don't consider as editors necessarily to put in our onboarding process with new clients so there should be like a little box is do you, you know in this situation what would you like to happen would you like yeah. a cut would you like a bleep would you like a sparkle sound Sparkles. <laughs> Ooh, would you like a bird tweet a, a, a sentence enhancer <laughs> right you know what what is the protocol and it's up to the client to decide but it's also up to us to tell the client what they need to decide on because they don't they don't know yeah. And so, you know, one of the things I have in my agreement is I don't do shows that are explicit. I don't do non, I don't want to say non-family friendly because that's not what I'm going for, but I like, I don't work on shows that are kind of pushing the boundaries in that way, but because it's a white label show, it becomes a little bit tougher to do that. So that that's, but that's still something that's missing from my onboarding. Do you realize that this would make it explicit? I think I jumped in front of you. No, uh, my bad was tapping the phone. So I was afraid there's going to be ticks. So I wanted to know that was. Take that For out. For the listeners that may not be familiar with the term white label. That's fair. Yeah. How would you describe that? What is white label? Yeah. So this is Brian again. I forgot to introduce myself a bunch of times now. 
I do some lab- or do some work for production companies that have their own clients. So from the client's perspective, their production company is handling everything, and I'm the editor that does the work for them. But in terms of the business relationship, I don't work for them as an employee. I work for them as an editor who has other clients that I also work for. But in terms of their customer, I don't bill their customer. Their customer, I don't answer to their customer. I answer to them. Right. So you're like a subcontractor yeah. for the yeah, that's a good for the editing co- yeah company. I was trying to think because I ran into this situation where I asked somebody for their white label rates and they didn't understand what I was oh, saying. Really? Okay. Yes, and it kind of caused a kerfuffle. <laughs> Ooh, a kerfuffle. So a are kerfuffle? white label rates higher or lower? My white label rates are lower because I'm not dealing with the client acquisition and the client relationship. My client is the production company that has multiple customers. So client acquisition. I'm just, you know, throwing that out there yeah. for if there's anybody who's like a new podcast letter, uh, listener. Client acquisition has a cost attached to it. Yeah. Like it, there is math to determine how much yeah. it costs you to go out and get a new client. So if you're not familiar, I just wanted to throw that out there. Is, is there also a rule of thumb that we can use for people? So I'm thinking of like the new editor where they're thinking, what's it going to cost me to find a client? Is there like a percentage or... A cost? I don't even know how to put that in I know the lower the better, but like when you're a new editor, like you can't help it to, right. it's going to be more expensive, but you're probably also not doing the math. But when you're more established, then that cost comes into play because you've got to look at how much time it takes and what you're spending the money on to get it. Is it like what kind of marketing efforts you're doing? What's the, conver- I mean, so much, like what's the conversion rate? What's right. the, the price per customer? All that stuff. I don't want just- to tell you what my recent <laughs> cost oh. per acquisition is. Because You've made been- a lot of big investments I, in your yeah. business, Jennifer. I have. Well, and I think, I <laughs> and think not all of them have paid off and that's how business goes. Yeah, but I think a lot of your recent expenses have been more around the recording space and the... Oh, I had some really stupid marketing decisions too. Oh, really? Too. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we should save that for another one. I don't we'll know. save we'll that. Save that. We'll save we're, that. We're supposed to share from our scars, not our wounds. I'm <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we just learned. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. We discuss our wounds on the off-air mastermind <laughs> yeah. sessions. Yeah, if we ever do a Patreon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. But you'd Dude, have to no. sign a non-disclosure, yeah, right? Yeah, kidding. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, we're not going to share client stories No, no. no. And yeah. that's another thing. Don't yeah. do that. If you're a podcast editor, no, don't do that. Don't don't share those, like, horror mm. stories. Or, or at least don't name names. No, yeah. don't name names. I'm, don't name names. Yeah, I no. should get off that one. There was so much that was in my session that I didn't want, that I didn't get to put in there. But that's why I told at everybody. At the podcast editor yes, conference? At the podcast editor's conference, I did a session on branding. And... You didn't put up my website, so you didn't give any bad examples. No, it's <laughs> fine. I mean, beautiful. But, like, my I think I just ended up telling everybody to behave. It. Behave yourself on social media because everybody's watching you, yeah. right? And I think that's the biggest, biggest thing. So maybe we should talk about the podcast editors conference. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that would be good. I'm, I'm also wondering, though, because I'm thinking about our listeners, maybe they have some experience with this kind of thing and they could maybe weigh in in some comments or something and share, okay, what do you do when you run into the, the oh, cussing? Yeah. Like what's, what's your process? Do you send it back and say, do you want me to cut this one? Like how, how what does that look like for you? Cause I tweet me at KY podcasting. Yes. And then yes. you can tag the rest of us and we can all see it. Yeah. And if you have an onboarding process for that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see please. it. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> share, share your wisdom. My goodness. 
Yeah. So why don't you kick off or the the thing about the conference then? Or so I think Daniel did a great job. Yeah, speaking, the mastermind. Oh, <laughs> and this is his wheelhouse. So why don't you tell us what the podcast editors conference was all about? So this was the first ever, and so like one of the problems I have something like filler words. It's uh, we're not going to judge you. <laughs> yeah, and don't maybe you we should just leave them all in that, so people yeah, can see the editors okay. um, too. Yeah. Then we don't have to edit them, right? <laughs> I mean, if it's anything excessive, then yes, but we'll so, like if it's a big you. um with a huge long pause, then yeah. But, um, um, we could start with like a meditation. <laughs> oh, that that would be a great theme. That would be our theme, theme um, song. Um, <laughs> oh okay. no! With this one, right, we got yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Steve said it best that the that PEC is about the business side of editing. Because and I had the idea that there's plenty of resources out there on how to edit a podcast, you know, and watch a ton of YouTube videos on how to do it. But there's not, there's really nothing for people who do it professionally. So PEC was a great chance for people who have businesses in podcasts and around podcast editing to get together and share their collective knowledge. So what was your favorite session, Daniel? I think, you know, not to be too biased, yours was probably the most impactful. Yours being? Carrie's, yes. Carrie Caulfield Eric had a session on branding. And if you look at, you know, my logo and my branding, like I love my branding. I love your branding too, by the way. Yeah, exactly. But whenever I had it made, I did what I liked, but I never considered my ideal client. So... We need to, we be my wife, who is also part of the business, take a look at what our colors are, like what our branding is, and like is that effective for our client? And do we need to like change it up to kind of focus in on our ideal client? And Carrie, since you were the one who to, did that, how do we do that? How do we know? <laughs> Or are we just going to be announcing a service that you should start offering for the rest of us <laughs> yeah, to pay for? Yeah, I'm like, I, I use pink and blue and brown. Does I mean, pink you're and good blue at it. And well, thank does you. that matter? And I mean, how do I know if pink and blue is working? People are coming to me, so. Well, pink, then pink that's blue. one. Are they your people? Or are they the clients you want to work with? I don't even know. I'm still trying to figure You're out who that is. So well, we can have so a whole other talk the, about that. Yeah. The first thing we need to have a talk about <laughs> is like defining your ideal client because yep. that really is helpful. When I make a post or do anything, I am thinking one very specific person. And I started by using, I, I like took my favorite clients and I matched them all together into one super person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but the, the color thing is hard, right? Because you're going to have, you as a business owner, you're going to have to look at that logo all the time and yes. you don't want to look at it and go, ugh. But chances are, if you just do a little research about your ideal client, like that's why you really need to know who they are because then you can start to look at them, actually, like those people who fit that profile. You have to go and see what they're doing. What are they engaging with? Uh, what gets them to comment and respond on things? Like look at what images are speaking to them and kind of go from there and kind of pull your colors. It doesn't have, you know, don't co necessarily copy all the, you know, there are only so many colors in the world. So, but see what kind of con visual content they're interacting with and then start really thinking about the colors that you're using and the, the emotions that like 
are coming up when you see those those colors. Does that make sense? I feel like I could. Did I explain that clearly? Because I don't know that I explained that. Clearly. I mean, I think you did. I think one challenge is the ideal client. Right. That is, <laughs> but, that is the first mm-hmm. one. But then the other is the uh, the idea of being able to get online, find that person and figure out what, I don't want to say trigger in a bad way, but kind of triggers a reaction right. that you can what go, inspires okay. inspires Right? Yeah, inspires. That's that's good because, one, it kind of feels creepy. To- <laughs> it, you have to be a stalker, though. It's it's not stalking. You have to business. be a stalker. It's market research. Exactly. And the other is uh, market research is one of the very expensive and very time-consuming parts of client acquisition. And I'm thinking for me, being selfish, right, the the guy who is a side hustle editor. I work full-time and I edit on the side in all of my free time, finding the time to do that when it doesn't generate now money and having a show to edit that does generate now money, that's that's a, that's a tough balance, you right? You can do it over a long period of time, right? So you can do every weekend for a month, you're going to take an hour and just investigate those people, like do that market research. So do you have like a system that you use or a place where you keep records? Because I forget what I did. Uh, yeah. I Actually, I just <laughs> write it down in my notebook. Okay. I, I just pen and paper. Literally, I have it. I have a notebook that I use for my business. It's really thick. It's cute. I use my stitcher pen. So, is it your notebook of all the secrets? It is my notebook. Bum, of all bum, the secrets. Bum. You need to get your hands on that notebook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I didn't bring it with me. I didn't. I left Why? it at home. <laughs> I have like five different notebooks. That's my problem. Yeah. But my notebook. So there's one section for all my to dos. Like for every week, I write down week one. You know what week it is, and then all the things I need to edit and the business tasks. And then there's a section for consult calls, like for clients, potential clients I talk to. And then there's a section for the business stuff. And so, and I use post-it tabs to keep it all organized. And I'm, I'm in love with my notebook. Like, She's a genius. <laughs> it's so simple. Yeah. And then I don't need to be like, you know, I can just jot something down when I think about it. I, I don't have to. And when you write it by hand, you tend to remember mm-hmm. more. So Ink it. Not yeah. thinking. But also, like, if you're like, looking on Instagram, you can save other people's posts. Okay. There's a little, like, bookmark flag. Right. I saw that. So you can use that as you're, like, doing this research to save the things that, you, you know, your ideal client is engaging with. So your colors, Brian, are green and yellow. Yes. And then, Daniel, you're orange and brown? It's red and uh, gray. Oh, but man. My like, computer must need to be calibrated. Yeah, so those colors red. actually, I don't think like you would need to, I don't think you'd need to change them unless you're going after like a very specific set of, I mean, I think your ideal clients are probably just going to respond to that. Like you aren't going after all the women. No, although <laughs> interestingly, the production company that I work for is, it is a female uh, business owner and I'm not quite sure why she connected. I mean, we connected on Facebook first. Because of how you are on Facebook. Because she got to know, like, and trust you. Oh, right. Because we, we're only going to hear those words once this weekend, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and truthfully, like, those were not the colors I would have chosen. I had a guy do the logo design for me, and he, I don't know why he chose the colors. I think he just liked them, but they worked. And so I have sort of a brand sheet. What I don't have is a good font selection, because what I've discovered is that with the various tools that I work with, as well as what's available in my web, WordPress website, I can't find a common th- typeset that I like that works on all the platforms and all that, the tools. That's free. Cause you yeah. can buy a font and, and license it for commercial use mm-hmm. and then have it on all those things. Interesting. 
But in the uh, like, but it can get really font, expensive. Font squirrel. Like, I mean, you're it start like I would say a good font starting at fifty dollars. Okay. And moving on up from you know, I mean, they can be thousands of dollars. I'm not going to do that. Wow. Yeah. No. So. I so I I use school. so my trick is to use fonts that are similar. Okay. And so, like the fonts on my slide, even though my slides were quote unquote branded. It's not actually the fonts like that are in my logo. Like I don't have those okay. were because when you are working with fonts in an image, it's different. It's a different license than working with fonts as in written text. So I don't have it's a license. Like licensing music, then. right? I don't have a license for those fonts any other way, but as in than visually, like okay. I can't do type with it essentially because okay. it's two different things so i have to find fonts that are close so wow yeah but nobody notices yeah. so it doesn't matter like <laughs> so daniel asked and carrie answered a lot of stuff about the the session and then some follow-up carrie what was your favorite part <sighs> My favorite was the end. Craig Wheland. Oh, oh my goodness! On the, yes, uh, ethics and disfluencies. Yep, that is so totally my like favorite. my jam. It is. It was about what you should cut, and what you shouldn't as an editor, and why. Like what? What should you really cut all the filler words? Right. Or should you just leave some in? And how cutting things can change the meaning mm -hmm. of what somebody is saying if you change the meaning of your client's content is that ethical right and i think no right. i think that our job is to enhance the make that meaning come through and not take it away or change it well and at the risk of sounding a bit like a, a luddite i was unaware that there were published standards for tv journalism and that kind of stuff that we could draw from Right, to provide I, a foundation. I, just aware too. Of that slide. I thought that we were just making this up. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm not quite sure how to approach that without like taking a class on it. But that's something I'm thinking about is, okay, how do I do this in a way that has the level of integrity that we would expect for a different kind of publication without turning it into a radio sh Like, I, I don't want to edit radio. Sorry. Right. <laughs> well... I came out of that session thinking either this is going to make my job really easy because I'm not going to worry about editing very much or this is going to make my job really hard because I'm going to overthink every little edit. So hopefully it'll be a happy medium and I will have been doing well, it properly all this time and just never thought about it. And, and I suspect it gets easier with time, right? Just like cutting the ums after you try and cut an and um so like several times in a row and you realize, okay, this one can't be split in the middle. Mm -hmm. I can't like this one has to stay or it has to go out completely because there's no way to make this work. Okay. Well then you start realizing those things too, I think. Yeah. I, I went up to Craig after the session. I was like, we need to write a book on this for yeah. podcast editors. But, yeah. And he said very humbly, I'm not a linguist though. Oh, <laughs> like, you don't dude. need to be a linguist. Well, he's not also like... an attorney. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think, cause there's no, like, there's no guide for us as podcast editors about any of this stuff. What about right. the ethics and dis disfluencies and when should we cut what? I mean, we really are just making it up like, yeah. and figuring it out and hoping our clients like it. Oh, my favorite yeah. um, was definitely the disfluencies and ethics, okay. um, hands down. Now, I was mentioned in Brittany Felix's, so I have to give props yeah. to her because my face showed up on her slides. But 
you know, I was helping with registration. So yeah, I didn't know. So how do you do, because Brittany's was good too, but like, I don't think that my Facebook page mm-hmm. has those little like pictures. They're called featured photos. That's, that's her profile. Yeah, her yeah. Facebook profile. It's, yeah. I think it's called featured photos and you just have to pick your featured photos. Yeah, it's in your okay. editor about section. Yeah. I did not know that. Magic. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm doing it wrong. I'm not going to talk about a favorite session, but I had like two favorite things that I took away. Because if I said favorite session, it would be the two we've already talked about. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so favorite things I took away were the thing about the featured photos. Mm-hmm. So I've already gone into Facebook to edit my featured photos because of Jennifer and Brittany, because it's all their fault. Uh-huh. And then the other thing was the stuff that we saw that's coming with Hindenburg, because I totally geeked out about that, but we can't talk about it yet because it's not public, but oh, I'm really looking forward to good. that. Oh. Brian have is a Hindenburg, Hindenburg geek for yes. reals. So. And he's like kind of sold me on it for content editing. It, oh, so, man. yeah, so I saw that and I was excited. Yeah, so I got the beta features working this morning and, oh, my. Really? Yeah, so one of the shows that I... Uh, <laughs> you should have seen that look. I mean, he really does yeah. love Hindenburg. So one, one of the shows that I edit is a... They record a lot in trade shows. And so it's two to three open mics in a conference room or um, a trade show environment where there's a lot of background noise. And so I do a lot of... I spend a lot of time fading in and out of transitions between speakers while they're talking so that it's a transparent fade. So the things that they're presenting are kind of like what Tom Kelly showed with the removing voice bleed using some automation in Pro Tools or Reaper or some tool like that. This will do some of that kind of stuff. And so I did a really quick test. And I can't say that it was perfect because I only listened to a little bit. But what I did was I was able to lower the noise floor on the non-active tracks by 20 decibels with the click of a button. And... Dude. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because I have and a client. And it took like 30 seconds to process, not like 50, 15 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Well, Because I, I have a client who does podcast interviews as a, he's like a sponsored podcast. Okay. So same thing. He's yeah. at trade shows, essentially, interviewing people. And it's the volume in the background is up and yeah. down. It's crazy. All of a sudden, the music comes on really loud. Right. It's just, and as a, as a paid editor, time is money, right? right. Mm-hmm. Especially when you bill by, because I don't bill by the hour. I bill by the episode. Right. And so if I can produce an episode faster that gives me the same quality or better, then I'm going to do it because they're getting what they're wanting. And I'm able to then turn around another show. Right. right. And I just want to throw this out there. This podcast is not sponsored by Hindenburg, no. but very well could be if Hindenburg <laughs> would like to get in touch with us. <laughs> but then Daniel couldn't ever talk because he's Mr. Reaper. Yeah. Well, we could alternate. Well, like, right? No, but no. Re- I don't Reaper, Reaper has this function, right? Re- Reaper can do this kind of thing already with the. Uh, it's oh, uh, like an automated. It's, it's uh, automatic splits or something like yeah, that. Yeah, kind of. It's not quite what Hindenburg no. is proposing. No, no, there's definitely takes it to a different level. Yeah. But all of like, I'm working on some stuff with Reaper. Um, oh, but this podcast well, may also be brought to you by Reaper, an open source program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. However, like seeing these like promo videos, like makes me want to dive into Hindenburg. Like, they're that good. If only they'd offered a 60-day free trial to all of the attendees of oh, the Podcast Editors only. Conference. If only. That's like, I'd I'd try, I'd, I'd try it if they did. I don't know where I'm going. Never mind. Yeah. Ignore me. Ignore me. So those are the two things I took away. One, I'm geeking out. And two, I'm trying to change my Facebook profile to be more like Jennifer. Because she was our good example. Yeah. yeah, I need to clean up my Facebook. I got too much personal things that probably shouldn't be out there. Well, all <laughs> of my 
featured photos have my brand in them. It's me doing a podcast thing or me wearing my brand colors or very me good speaking about branding. Like, Thank you. You, you yeah. really are. Like, I know what you do. I know who you are. I know who you serve. I don't even have to, like, I never have to ask you. I mean, you're wearing Kentucky earrings. You're like a fucking <laughs> brand, right? Yeah. With her T-shirt on. and I'm a bourbon barrel podcasting yeah. I mean, in Lexington. I feel kind of bad now that the sparkle jacket is taken. Now I don't know what to do for a level of mm. in-your-face brand. Well, the I reason almost... I got pink as my color is because I decided, well, I was a bridesmaid and we had to wear these bright pink shoes for the wedding. <laughs> so I had these bright pink shoes and was like, well, I'll just wear them to conferences and be the person in the bright pink shoes. These are different. Oh. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> she, had that, she had to get more. Right? I had to get more. So then I had the pink as the color. And I'm from Kentucky. And my favorite color just happens to be UK blue. And so I wanted to pair that blue and pink. And it was really nice. Happens. And I think it's funny because I thought I was the only one who purchased their sneakers based on <laughs> like their brand. I know you didn't originally. No, but these I did. The ones the, I'm wearing today. You did. Yeah, yeah, these the I did on purpose. Pink pair you didn't. No, I, this I was one stuck with was those. Purposeful, and I thought it was funny that I was, I'm, you know, that somebody else was like, "Oh, this is part of my brand, so I'm yeah, going to wear it." Like are. that's why I have purple sneakers, which I'm not wearing today because okay. Florida. No, but your sandals. toes are purple. My nail polish and toes are purple. So oh. purple in a good way, not like oh my gosh, you're yeah, feet not are like black. Off. I mean, it, there's a very <laughs> fine line with purple because it can look very cheap. <laughs> it can go wrong really easily. So just a warning if, you, if you're using purple. Okay. Well, we're at the 30-ish minute mark. Does anybody have anything else we need to hit before we sign off? I want to thank Steve and Mark. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Steve Stewart and Mark Deal. Yeah, for putting the podcast editors conference on. And I'd like to let everybody know that it's going to happen again. Yeah. It's yeah. going to happen next year for sure. So, and if it doesn't, I have their addresses. We <laughs> if it doesn't, we'll do our own. We'll just all show up at Steve's house. There we go. <laughs> yeah. And you can Same. request to join the podcast editors club on Facebook, answer the questions, and maybe you'll get to join the group of what, 5,000? Over 5,000. Yeah, yeah, over 5,000. A lot of people. <laughs> A lot of people. But you got to answer helpful. the questions and be for reals. Yeah. 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 And sorry, you can't answer, you can't edit with Microsoft Word. We've discovered that <laughs> one doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. and what also, do you use to edit? Microsoft yeah. Word. Nuh-uh. So should we maybe just go around the table, tell everybody where to find us, and then Jennifer, you can sign us off? Perfect. Is that so we can start with Carrie and just go this way? Well, do we want to mention, or, like, if you want to be on the show? Oh. oh yeah. Yeah, okay. like, what okay. are we going to do with the show, essentially? So, Brian, yeah. you take that because... Yeah. So what we'd like to do is bring on other editors, maybe one or two at a time at the most, and maybe hear about what you're doing, what challenges you might be facing, and see if there's anything that we can do to help support you and get you some support from the community about the kinds of things that you're working on to raise visibility to some of the stuff that we've got going on. And then if there are resource people that we could bring on the show, for example, if we need help with legal or something, perhaps we could get a, an attorney on the show to talk about that kind of stuff. What we're looking for from editors is if you want to be on the show, 
we're going to ask you to let us know. We'll have to put a link in the episode notes for how to do that because that's not set up yet. But we want to know that you're interested in being on the show, if there's something in particular that you'd like to talk about. And then the requirement to be on a show is that you'll edit the previous one. So that'll give us the opportunity to talk about what you did for editing, what we can learn from you as an editor, and then also... It, helps lighten the workload so that we can put this out. <laughs> and, and I just want to say light editing. Yeah. Like you don't need to cut out all the ums. Yeah. We're, we're not looking for yeah. detail. We just want it to sound like a good mix. Like it was put together by people that knew what they were doing, but we're like actually recording live. Or yeah. Actually put together a show. Is that, is that a fair way to, yeah. to put it? Yeah. So uh, we're, we're not looking for like three hours of editing, but it will be multiple tracks and you'll have to be able to do that and then put it out. And then what we'll do is we'll give you props when you come on the show and say, Hey, you know, for, if you think about like the, the previous show will say, hey, they edited the last show. If, if you'd like to hear the quality of what they do, go listen to that show. And we're, our hope is that maybe that'll bring you some clients and some customers and r help you raise your visibility without having to do a bunch of pro bono work out there for people that really don't know what they're asking for yet. Right. We, we want you to have a good experience. Right. And then you are automatically have four references. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one podcast for your por portfolio. So, yeah, and uh, I think, was that all the requirements? Yeah. I think so. And, and then I guess the other thing would be, you know, this is, we're, we're intending for this to be a clean show. So when our guests come on, we, I think we would just be asking for that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll tell yeah. them ahead of time. So there's no yeah, question. It's a yeah. professional show, right? Will and if they say, can Will I cuss? Wheaton's we'll say rolls. no. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what they, Will oh. Wheaton's rules? I'm not going to say it because it wouldn't be a clean show, but <laughs> I, I don't everybody know that. Google that. Okay. okay. Well, everybody there, there's your homework. That's your homework. And also subscribe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you are? I'm Carrie Caulfield Eric from Yaya Podcasting, and you can find me at yayapodcasting.com. And I'm Brian Ensminger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com. I'm Daniel Abendroth, and you can find me at rothmedia.audio. And I'm Jennifer Longworth at bourbonbarrelpodcasting.com, and you've been listening to the podcast editor's mastermind show. Thanks for joining us. Um, bye. Um, <laughs> um yeah. okay.